Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KJRF fan, let's talk some Husky football right now. This is it. This is the ball game. 133 to go. We're tied up. Snap to Thompson. Handoff. Oh, he slipped and falls. The running back slips and falls. The Huskies have the football at the 32-yard line. It's a loss of two on the play. The dogs are already in field goal range with 126 to go. All right, one of our favorite moments from last year's game against the Oregon Ducks. Uh, I think I might lean towards Alex Cook knocking Bo Nix out of the game uh, in the fourth quarter of that one with Oregon, but that fourth down stop was pretty damn big as well. But joining us right now on the radio show, I got to say, one of two architects for that Husky defense last year. Chuck Morrell's one of them, and this guy joining us right now on the radio show, the co-defensive coordinator for your Washington Husky football team, William Inge, is back with us on the radio show. Coach, how are you? I'm very good. We're rolling on this end. How are y'all doing today? So uh, very good. We're doing very good, man. Spring ball is hot and heavy. You got to practice again tomorrow, take a few weeks off, and then get things going again uh, later in the month. But tell me about kind of the way this thing ended for you guys, and not just for the team, but for the defense. Because let's face it, Coach, there were points in time last year, maybe due to injury, where this defense wasn't performing up to par. And then everything kind of came together as the year went on. You end up finishing fourth in points in the conference and number three in yards. Tell me about what clicked and the way this defense finished 2022. Well, the biggest thing when you're in year one, you're about knowledge and understanding. So you're trying to get the guys on the team to understand and learn the scheme. And just as you mentioned, we did go through a period of time where uh, trying to find bodies to play in the secondary is like scrambling eggs. Uh, so once we got to the end of the season and, and our guys got back, we were we were playing in what we call true form at that point in time, and we were peaking just as you want to in the end of the season. So we're definitely pleased with how we finished the end of the season, and that's how you close things out. And we always try to tell everyone that this game during the season, it is a, it is a five- to six-month marathon. It is not a sprint. So each week you have to just continue to get better and better and better, and that's what our guys did. Well, certainly getting an All-American linebacker back at the end of the year, that helps uh, too. And what was Eddie in full strength when he came back last year, or will it take him until this fall for us to get the full Eddie Ulifosio? He was he was strong. He was not into his full game mode because most of the time you, you need a season to be peaking uh, once you get to the end of the season. Uh, but the one thing that I definitely commend him on is his preparation ahead of time because he knew what he was going to be getting ready for building up to November. So when you have someone like that, it definitely makes us look like better coaches because he is someone who could play, and you will know who Edifuan Lufosio is. Yeah, well, I'm going to ask you a question about a certain player. His name is Alex Cook. And I'm going to ask you, how do you replace the leadership? How do you replace the performance of a guy like him? 
And you're going to say something like, hey, you never really truly replace an Alex Cook, right? That's what coaches say, okay? I know you, and I know what you're about to tell me, but I want to know who's going to be that guy because leadership, that, 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 that veteran senior leadership that he brought to this football team was massively important. He, 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 coach, he would call people out. He would call him out in the media. He would call him out in practice. I remember him telling me halfway through the year, look, man, we're having problems on third down. We can't even get off the field on third down in practice, for God's sakes, let alone on Saturday in the game. So he was very honest, and I thought the guys responded to him. Who's that player or players going to be for you this year? Well, the, the biggest thing, and I think you brought it up perfect, when you go, when you go into another year, another year of growth, Everyone had to experience. So now everyone has to pick up those scenarios of leadership. We have an All-American pass rusher in Zion and um, in um, number eight on our end. So what we have to be able to do is to be able to lean on those guys to make sure they can pick it up. So we've literally put a ton of influence on Braylon Trice. Uh, to see how he can be able to be. And also in my room, we have Edifuano Lafocio as well as Alfonso Tupatala. So when you talk about leadership, with those seven guys coming back, we're going to be able to lean on those guys for them to be able to pick up some of the leadership that you're going to miss from um, not having Alex Cook here. And then you also can couple that with being able to have Asa Turner back. Now you know that you can be able to replace and you got transfers coming in at every level of that defense coach i mean muhammad in the back you got goforth at the linebacker you got durfee in the in the front end i mean you start with anyone you want but i think husky fans would love to know what you're getting in those guys yes um we have definitely been pleased uh, thus far with all three of them uh, from from a physicality standpoint they look like mature football players uh, when you see Zach Durfee, he may be one of the best-looking players on our football team. And, wow. and probably pound for pound, and things went during the, the winter conditioning period, he probably had the best offseason you know, from, from the beginning of January to now than anyone on the football team. Hmm. That's heavy praise, man. I mean, we're going to go yeah. out and watch yeah, Zach. And, and now, and, and that's just, just, just the start for him. Raylan, go forth. You can tell he is a mature football player, Jesse. His his preparation is second to none. He is helping guys. He is leading. He is flying all over the place. You you will know who number ten is. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'm I'm intrigued by Muhammad uh, at corner, uh, mostly because of how many starts he made for Oklahoma State a year ago. Yep. Do you have any thoughts on why he decided to transfer and and why he thought UW was the best fit for him? And what does this kid bring to the table? Well, what he wanted to do, he just wanted to, wanted to do something a little different and, and just basically have a change in the mode of exercise for him. So when he came here, he knew that we were going to be losing some corners or and, and his opportunity to play and compete early was going to be very, very high. And he knew from a defensive standpoint what we do with our front seven, it's going to be to highlight some of the skills that he can bring to the table at corner. So he felt really, really, really comfortable being here when he and his family came up here uh, during the offseason. Coach, is there a front seven guy that you've had in the program that you think will pop this year that dog fans might not be familiar with at this point? Hmm. Well, mo- most of our two deep 
every, everyone's returning. The only new player we have in the front seven is, is probably going to be Raylan Goforth or, you know, one of the Parker twins, um, Javon and Armand Parker. Mm-hmm. You're going to know who those guys are from an interior base. Yeah. Every, everyone else in front seven, everyone else is returning. Well, can, can we go ahead, Coach? William Inge is with us on the radio show, Co-DC over at UW. Uh, Huskies have another spring practice tomorrow, and they'll take a few weeks off and get things going again after a small little break. Can we assume that Muhammad is going to get the first crack to start at one corner? And I'm curious about the other corner spot because Julius Irvin just retired, uh, and we're hearing Mish mm-hmm. is going to maybe slide into that Husky kind of nickelback role for you. What does the other corner opposite Muhammad look like right now? Well, what you have is you have literally three guys who are definitely competing at a high level, and they're all making plays. Uh, you have Elijah Jackson. He is someone who had a very, very, very good offseason. Uh, so he's been able to do good, really good thus far in the, in the first couple of practices. Uh, Javion Green is the other one who is really stepping, stepping up as, as, a, as a true sophomore. So he's been able to make some plays. And the next kind of two guys, we can't wait to get Devon Banks uh, back back into the fold, and another guy who keep, who keeps showing flashes of greatness. He just has to continue to learn what we do systematically. Is Thaddeus Dixon? So, so those are kind of going to be three guys that you're going to hear from, in, in my opinion, fair, fairly often when it comes to making plays on the ball when it's in the air. Husky co-defensive coordinator William Inge joining us here on 93.3 KJRFM. That, that term co co-defensive coordinator. I think Husky fans would love to know how. You divide up your roles. I know you coach the linebackers. Coach Morell coaches the safeties. But what else is different about your jobs when you're coordinating this defense? Biggest thing is is you have to know that you have to have great relationships. And, and Coach Morell and I, are, we are literally connected at the hip. Uh, so when it comes to how we work together, we all see everything in a sense truly the same. When you talk about how you divide things, uh, he is basically over a lot of the secondary play and the secondary calls coverage and covered items. I'm more in charge of a lot of the things that we do in the front seven. Right. So who actually calls the defensive plays on game day? Is that Coach Morell doing that? Yes, on game day, he calls them on game day. Okay. And, and we're all connected, so most of the time there's been conversations about what we may want to look at on these particular downs. Right. You ever just So he, he's, a, he, he's calling it, but we're all working together. Gotcha. Uh, Coach, you ever just kind of elbow him and just say, you know what, you're having a bad day. Let me take over, man, at least for a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You, you, you know, the one thing that, that you always want is you always want to have balance. Yeah. So the one thing that we do, we're all about support. So there may be things that we may communicate on the sideline in, in between given plays, but yep. uh, we have each other's back no matter what. You know, it used to be coach, and again, William Inns with us on the air, been doing this for a long time, and normally you have a guy like you on the air, you know, just a few weeks or a month or so after signing day, and you're asking, okay, what true freshman could play for you right away? But we're not asking that as much because of all the transfers now that are coming in. Instead, it's, you know, what what transfer can play right away. But I got to ask you about some of these guys in your in your uh, freshman class uh, that just showed up here, including Caleb Presley from Rainier Beach, who, you know, obviously was a one-time commit to Oregon, told them to take a hike and flipped over to you guys. So what does Caleb bring to the table? And because of that maybe vacancy at corner, is it possible that Caleb Presley could play right away? Or is that maybe biting off a little bit too much in year one for him? Well, no, and, and well, that's something that you want to look at because what Caleb brings to the table as what we call a one of the hometown heroes, he is a competitor. 
Uh, he loves going after the ball. He wants to be on the field. He wants to be the boy dog on the football field. And that is the mentality that you want to have in the secondary. Now, when, uh, upon getting here, there's some things he's going to have to learn and come along. But we know we've got six months or so to be able to get him right, to just see can he be able to do the things that we need him to do, to do at a high level. But physically, we think that he's going to be ready. Now he just has to learn everything and put his skill set to work. Coach, what type of boost have you seen as far as the interest level of your program amongst recruitable athletes because of your 11-win season? That actually helps, as you know, probably tenfold. When they turn the television on and they see UW out there, the men in purple and gold and the Husky dogs running all over the place, doing a great job, and your brand is out there, and they see the product that you put on the football field, and they know about the history and tradition that is in the program. That's something that a lot of people want to be a part of. And you couple that with having elite coaches, elite recruiters, and elite people on the staff, everyone working together trying to get the best people for our university. Now you have a chance to take the next step with your program. Hey, I got to ask you, you were at Indiana with Mike Penix, I believe, back in the day. And you were also at the banquet when he shocked the world and said he was coming back to school. We saw the reaction of your boss, Kalen DeBoer. He was pretty much stunned, I think, when the announcement was made that Mike was returning. What was your reaction when you heard that Mike Penix was coming back to school? You know that meme that has been going around from the Wolf of Wall Street when he said, I'm coming? Believe me, that is exactly how we all felt. You, you, You had a thought that this potentially could happen, but sometimes you just, you just never know. Yeah. And uh, when you can bring the number one leader of your offense and your team back, that helps. Coach, how does but it? If I, if, if, if I could have turned the flip, I was turning it at that point in time. I think you're talking about this clip right here, Jackson. If I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> That's the clip you're talking about, right? Yes, I'm staying. I'm you're, you're correct. <laughs> Coach, how does it change how you can run a defense and how many chances you can take with that defense when you know that your offense is going to put up 40 points a game? That is something that definitely helps. We try not to think about that because our number one mission is to try to get the ball back to the offense as fast as possible. Because we are probably our offense's number one fans. We love watching them on the football field. When you see our running backs and receivers and those physical offensive linemen uh, being able to move people off the ball, that, that that's something that we want to be able to do. So uh, being able to work hand-in-hand as a football team is something that, we're, that we are extremely interested in. On yeah. yeah. All right, let me, let me wrap it up with this. Uh, William Inge with us, co-DC over at UW. Huskies back on the field again to wrap up week one of spring ball. So Nick Saban calls you from Tuscaloosa. Wants you to come down and visit with the Alabama football staff, and he makes you an offer to be the defensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs> you tell him to take a hike the way Coach Grubb did? Yeah, uh, I, I would say after I had the conversations that Coach Grubb had, <laughs> that, that that will probably be the end result. <laughs> because because you, you know over here in the Pacific Northwest, we rolling over here. Yeah. What did that mean to that staff and in those offices when you heard that Ryan was offered that job but turned it down to come back and work side-by-side with you guys for at least one more year? 
Well, you know that's the person that you have in the program. See, people on the outside, it may have been a surprise to everyone, but all of us in here, we know how everyone operates. And this this is a high-level organization. We all work hand-in-hand, and everybody's really connected at the hip through Coach DeBoer. Yeah, no doubt. Well, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a fun offseason, hopefully a fun year as well, starting in September. Great stuff, man. Appreciate you doing this, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, thank you all. You go bet. dogs. Go dogs. William Inge with us on the radio show. And, what a delivery uh, he has. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, you just have to yeah. stop and yeah. listen. Yeah. Well, he's, he's got a radio voice for oh. sure. He could be on radio if he wanted to. Pipes, I know a lot of man. guys like that, but they're not coaching football. How do I get William pipes Inge like is. Coach Inge? Uh, smoke a yeah. lot. I, mean, I don't think he smokes, but you might want to smoke a lot to get to that point. Cigars, pipes, cigarettes, whatever. Uh, look, man, th- this defense has got to find a way to unlock that linebacker position and the secondary. The secondary, I'm not as concerned about because of the Muhammad transfer, but the linebacker thing for me, Tupatala, Olafosio, those are pretty much your two guys there. We'll see what the uh, what the uh, backups can do and what some of the transfer guys can do. But you know that that secondary, like Asa Turner, for example, you know, and I don't want to pick on Asa Turner. I'm sure he goes out there and busts his ass every single freaking game. But if you're a starting safety at Washington. You need more than what he gave this football team a year ago. First of all, it's okay. Asa Turner, I know not Asa. You need more than what he gave you. And I think that there should be an open competition yes. for that spot. I don't think Asa Turner did anything that should allow him to walk in there and just grab that starting spot without earning it again in training camp. No, there's no question about it. And You're, you're at a position now where you're playing for championships. You're not at a position where you can tolerate you know, middle of the road play on either yeah. side of the either side of the ball ball, and they do have the depth where they can they can compete for that job. The guy he mentioned that I just remember loving at the beginning of the year before he went down. Then we didn't see him till later on in the season was Javion Green. Yeah, he's a freshman. Last he year. he looks the part. Yep. I mean, he's got a long way to go, but you just look at that guy. He looks the part of a shutdown corner. Yeah, and I mean, let's face it. They've got to show that they can recruit those types of players. Yep. And they got Caleb Presley at corner, yep. right? That was a huge, huge get for them to get that guy to commit and flip from Oregon. Uh, by the way, speaking of that, Jimmy Lake, the Rams just sent out uh, their new assistant coaching staff and new hires for 2023. Uh, Jimmy Lake has been announced as a assistant head coach on Sean McVay's staff with the L.A. Rams. Okay. Now, what I had heard originally is that he was being hired as more of a consultant role, but that's not what this says. No. This says assistant head coach. He's going to be on the sideline. He's going to be in practice. He's going to be in the box, in the booth, whatever. He's going to have a much bigger role, apparently, with the Rams than just a consultant, and I'm dying to know what he's making. Because whatever he's making comes off the books for you, Dub, that right. could be used towards maybe potentially buying out Mike Hopkins. We'll come back. we got a lot more to get to. Uh, Kraken, Ottawa, pregame at 6.30. Everett Fitzhugh will join us at 6.15 tonight. Now back to Softy and Dick. Right out on the field. Two-handed stop. And that's the dagger. On your home for the rim rattling coverage of March Madness. Decisions have to be made on both sides to be honest, but I think the uh, open line of communication that we have, and I think just the way that we've continued to work together, you know, we didn't want to make it a, you know, me against you thing, uh, because a lot of these contracts become that, but instead we work together, and I think that, um, you know, that's a good sign. You know, it is it is funny to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm really, I swear to God, I'm not trying to be like skeptical Scotty here on the air, I'm not trying to be the old boob here that always looks at everything with skepticism. But have you ever heard a guy sign a contract 
with a professional sports team and say, you know what? I was really bummed out. I didn't get more. I probably could have gotten more in free agency, but I wasn't getting the response I thought I was going to get. And I really had no choice but to just take this deal. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, you've never right? heard that. But I mean, I don't how think- many times have you in your career or any of us at any never. job had to just take the offer that was on the table, right? Because, hey, you know, you'd like more, but that's not reality. I mean, all of us have had moments like that. And every player, whether baseball, football, basketball, hockey, whatever, always says the same thing. It's always roses when it's all said and done. And I do wonder if behind the scenes, Gino is even remotely disappointed at the contract that he got with the Seahawks. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. Well, I mean, he got, I think, under what we all thought that he was going to get. Would you agree with that? Yes, I thought he would get more. I I thought he would get at least or very near the franchise tag. Yes. That's what I thought he would get. And I thought that the contract was going to tie them in for two years, which the third year would be easy to get out of. And instead, it's one year with the second year that's easy to get off. I mean, it's... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I mean, it's like a franchise tag, except everybody feels better about it, right? Well, I think it's a great deal for the Hawks. Uh, I really do. And look, you know, I, I know that they put in some escalators there. Uh, Mike Garofolo, who's on with Puck and Jim every single week, put this out today as well. That if Geno Smith basically hits the numbers he hit a year ago, right? So we're talking 69.8% completion percentage. 4,282 yards, 30 touchdowns, a passer rating of 100.9. If he gets all those, he gets $2 million bucks for each one. If he gets them all, he gets an extra $5 million. So there's an extra $15 million on the table just for 2023 for Geno Smith if he hits the same numbers he hit a year ago. Now, um, I'm curious to know kind of what the league thinks about this guy because we do a segment every now and then that we like to call What Dick Fane Learned on the Colin Cowherd Show. <laughs> That's right. But today it was What Softy Learned about the Colin Cowherd Show on at underscore ML football on Twitter. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I saw this list today that apparently Colin Cowherd put out about the NFC quarterback hierarchy. And the first thought that I had in my head was, is this fake? Like, is this real? Is this guy just trying to make something up and screw Colin Cowherd over? Because he's got Matt Stafford, number one. Stupid idiot. He's got Jalen Hurts, number two. Jared Goff, number three. Stupid idiot. Kyler Murray, number four. Stupid idiot. Dak Prescott, number five. Derek Carr, number six. Kirk Cousins, number seven. And Geno Smith, number eight. Stupid idiot. Now, in what world, in what world is Kyler Murray the fourth best quarterback in the NFC? In what world is Matt Stafford number one in the NFC? When the guy that finished second in the MVP race a year ago 
is Jalen Hurts, and he's got him at number two in the NFC. And the damn guy almost won the freaking Super Bowl, by the way. And the Rams are also dumping talent like they're having a fire sale. And Matt Stafford's not going to have anywhere near the help he had a year ago on either side of the football. And the third thing I thought about Richard Alfane is, man, the NFC quarterbacks stink. Yeah, no, they really do. <laughs> they, they, that's, the, that's the first thing that should jump out at you, which gives Holy the Seahawks cow. an outstanding chance in they this conference. Awful. Over the next couple of years, but I mean, Kyle, let's let's go back to Kyle, Kyle Murray. Yeah, Eighty-seven yeah. passer rating. Right. That is good for twenty-third in the NFL. Right. QBR fifty-one. That's yeah. good for nineteenth in the NFL. Yards per attempt. He is way. He was last. Yep. Kyler Murray was last in the NFL in yards per attempt at thirty-fourth at six point one. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how. You can have Kyler Murray even the top half of the NFC's top quarterback. I don't care what he's making. But the question is, where do you put Geno? Oh, God. That's the yeah. question because yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have a good answer because all of these quarterbacks, Geno, Cousins, Carr, Dak, Stafford, Goff, even throw Hurts in there, I think they're all very close to each other. They're yeah. they're very, yeah. very bunched up to each other. I think you're right about that. I, I can see right. Geno as high right. as... Two or three yeah. on this list, or as low as six or seven on well, this list? Well, first of all, we got to come up with some parameters if we're going to rank these guys. Is salary a factor? No, okay. I think it's just NFC just talent. It's NFC's okay, top quarterbacks. Fine. But Matt Stafford, I don't even know if Matt Stafford can play anymore. All right? The guy right. that I saw last year couldn't even throw, for God's sakes. All right? He would have been better off just kicking the football instead of passing the football. So I'm not even sure where Matt Stafford is. Uh, Kyler Murray... Uh, may not even play when the year starts and may not even be available not for crying to. out loud. Yeah. So I'm not even sure what his deal is. If they get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, which they're trying to, by the way, I would think that Kyler Murray takes a step back. I mean, the guy's teammates can't even stand him, for God's sakes, right? And you know what else about Kyler Murray while I'm on the soapbox here? Remember that story that came out like eight, nine months ago where the Cardinals had put in Kyler Murray's contract that if he doesn't spend a particular amount of time in the film room, he could be fined. Remember right. that? Yeah. And everybody was pissed off. Oh, this is ridiculous. How could they do that to him? It's embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. Some folks were calling it a racial deal towards black quarterbacks. And guess what? It turned out to be completely accurate because everybody's saying, even Mike Jarecki with us uh, half an hour ago, that Kyler Murray doesn't watch film. And Kyler Murray himself even said he's not a film junkie. Why in the hell would the Cardinals dick put that in there unless they had a reason to do it? Shouldn't have come out, though. Would you agree with that? Uh, okay, fine. Should not have come out. Right, but the fact that it was in the contract is what pissed people off. The fact that it right. was even in there, people thought of that as an insult to Kyler Murray. Should it have come out? Look, I don't know if the Cardinals let it out on purpose, if they leaked it, or if Adam Schefter or somebody else, Pelissero, Rappaport, whatever, got a hold of it, we can talk about that. I'm just saying that there's a reason why the Cardinals had that in their contract, and that to me would be a major red flag if I'm a Cardinal fan. The fact that my organization, which is kind of a clown show, by the way, had to put that in the starting quarterback's deal, that would concern No, it's me. the dumpster fire of the NFL. I mean, I'd, I'd take where the Houston Texans are over the Arizona Isn't it Cardinals. crazy? Absolutely, God. because at least the, at least D'Amico Ryans gets to start from scratch. Right. Right? right? He right. doesn't have a $50 million quarterback that's signed through, guess when, 2027. That's a Do you bananas. know they cannot get bananas. out of that contract until the after the 2027 season, the Arizona Cardinals have solidified themselves as the worst team in the conference, in the, maybe the conference, but at least the division yeah. for yeah. the next 
four, five seasons. Well, you want to put Geno Smith at number eight, put Geno Smith at number eight, whatever. I, I, I was more taken aback by Kyler Murray sitting there at number four. And if Kyler Murray really is the fourth best quarterback, that and Stafford being number one, by the way, both yes. those two things jumped off the page to me. You probably got to give it to Hurts, right? If, number one. Of course you yeah, do. You of course. He almost won the freaking Super Bowl. The guy was unbelievable in that game a year ago. If, if he's playing any other quarterback besides Patrick Mahomes, they probably win the damn game. Okay? They probably yeah, win it. And the true. Eagles are champions right now of the NFL. So if Kyler Murray is the fourth best quarterback in the NFC, the NFC quarterbacks are terrible. Yes. They are awful. And this thing, I'm telling you, Dick, if this is the case, I'm looking at these faces of these dudes. If these eight guys are the top eight quarterbacks in the NFC, then the NFC is way more wide open than it was even last year. Yeah, there's no question. Even last now, year. Even though Jalen Hurts' numbers have gone up incrementally each of the next each of the last three years, I, my jury's still out on whether he's a quote unquote franchise. Who's that again? Jalen Hurts. Okay, got it. Right. I mean, I'm i I've got to see a lot more right. before I'm willing to put him in the Mahomes, Allen, Burrow category. I got to see a lot more from Jalen. I don't Hurts. think he'll ever be in that category ever, ever. I think that's almost kind of unfair. I mean, those are. Patrick Mahomes might be the greatest quarterback of all time when it's all said and done. Josh Allen is a generational talent. Joe Burrow might be right behind Josh Allen. I don't. I think that it's those three guys, and mm-hmm. then there's a gap, and then it's Jalen Hurts. And, and Herbert's got the talent if they can no ever question. figure it out, or find a coach that doesn't coach there with his go. head up as Tukas. <laughs> but I think I, I would. He'll never be in that category to me as okay. far as a quarterback. But I think he's still really good. Yeah, I think he's the best quarterback in the NFC. Yep, and I but I I think it's I think it's reachable for Geno Smith to have a. He's never going to have the rushing yards that Jalen Hurts has. Yep, but yep. I could. If you told me at the end of the season, Geno Smith has a higher passer rating, oh. more yards, and more touchdowns than Jalen Hurts throwing, God. I could buy that because it happened this last year. Where is Russell Wilson on this list if he stays in Seattle? If he stays here, doesn't go to Denver, and has a typical Russell Wilson-type year last year, like, can we agree as a group that if Russell Wilson stays in Seattle, he has a better year than he had in Denver? Yes. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. Even if he's pissed. Right. So if he stays in Seattle, where is he on that list right now? On Colin's list, number one. Oh, on Colin's list, he's <laughs> one with a bullet because so, Colin is in love okay. with Russell Wilson. And so if you, well, that's part of it too, but I'm just saying let's take out the fact that he's in love with Russell Wilson. Okay. Just looking at it from a non-biased still perspective. He's still one. He's number, yeah, one. he's number one. And if he's not number one, he's number two, right behind Jalen Hurts after the year that Jalen Hurts just had. Because you're right, there is some recency bias with Jalen Hurts. Which brings up the other question. If Russell's big goal was to win titles, why the hell did he leave the NFC? Are you kidding me? That's right. Dude, he just made things exponentially harder on himself by going to the AFC while the NFC quarterback room is crumbling. Well, because Russell Wilson has a massive ego, and so he doesn't worry about such things like other good quarterbacks in this conference. Unbelievable. Unreal. All right, 539. Uh, we got the Kraken. We got Ottawa coming up pregame 630. Faceoff at 7. Everett Fitzhugh is going to join us around 615 tonight right here on 93.3 KJRFM. Now back to Kraken Game Day with Safdie and Dick. Brought to you by Smartsheet. What's hybrid work? It's having the people, the resources, and the total freedom to manage everything your way from wherever you are. And that's Smartsheet, the platform for dynamic work. All right, we got-
got Kraken Ottawa coming up. Pre-game 6.30 face-off, 7 o'clock tonight, right here on 93.3 KJRFM. Everett Fitzhugh on the power play will join us coming up tonight. Uh, has anybody out there been paying attention to the Softy Dick mini mock the last couple days? Because this thing is a freaking disaster. It's such a mess. It is an it absolute is. disaster. Can't people just come on the air with us and just okay. pick a player? Well, because we had uh, Lawrence Holmes was on the air with us Monday from Chicago, right? And I said, okay, listen. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If the Bears stay at number one, if they stay at number one, who do they take? Well, I'll tell you what. We're trading with the Colts, so have me back on when you're at number four. Okay, fine. <laughs> Thanks for the help. So then we assume the Colts move up and take Bryce Young number one, right? Matt Thomas, God bless him. Yesterday on the radio show, if the Texans stay at number two, Gave us who do they take? He said, C.J. Stroud. Thank you very much, Matt. Okay. Today, Mike Jarecki's on the show with us at number three. Hey, Mike, if the Cardinals stay at number three, who do they take? Oh, no way. They're moving out. They're trading down. <laughs> uh, did you not hear the if they stay part? Okay. So let's assume then for just the argument's sake here that Arizona makes a deal with the Raiders because he said seven or nine. Is that correct? Right. Raiders are at seven. Yeah, Raiders are more nine. likely. Right. It's tough to trade all the way up. So Raiders nine. make the the trade with Arizona. They move up to number three, presumably to draft a quarterback, right? And they draft uh, a- Anthony Richardson. Sure. Yeah. Let's just say it's Anthony Raiders Richardson. Raiders pick. That puts the Bears back on the clock then at number four with the deal they got in the deal with the Colts, and they're taking Jalen Carter, Carter. Yep. at number four. So that means every non-quarterback player except for Jalen Carter is available for you if you're the Seahawks at number five. Now you could take Will Levis at number five if you want. No, no, no. no, You could take Will Anders. You know what? God, I hope the Seahawks take Will Levis just so we can replay that. No, no, I, no. I would, I would, I would literally pound my head against the wall. Are you kidding me? Bucks. If we're sitting there at the no, VMAC no, and they no. take Will Levis at number five over Anderson, oh, uh, we are, we are. You know what? Flag that bad boy. Yep. All right. So let's just say the Hawks are up at number five, and they take Will Anderson. <gasps> okay. What if they don't take Will Anderson? Well, they can trade to six. They could trade if I'm they just, like okay. Tyree Wilson as much as Will Anderson. They could trade to six and get whoever five doesn't. Pick. Okay, you see, you're doing exactly <laughs> I know I am. what I know Lawrence I am. Holmes did. You're doing exactly what Mike Jarecki did. What is wrong with you? <laughs> if the Seahawks stay at number five, is it obvious it's either Carter or Anderson, whoever doesn't go at number four? Is there anybody else that you would even remotely consider drafting with that spot? Maybe they like Tyree Wilson. Maybe uh, more than Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. Maybe they like the kid from Iowa, Van Ness, more than Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell their board looks like. I guess my point is this. Is there any player at number five where they could not take that guy and you're pissed off the minute the pick is made? If they, Oh, I would say if Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson are both available and they don't take one of those guys, right. then right. I'm upset. Okay. Because then I think, well, wait a second. Why did you just draft at five mm-hmm. 
when you could trade down to seven or eight and still get one of those dudes likely. Right. So right. that that's probably the only thing, because there's not a lot of scenarios where I look at what the Seahawks do at five where I think it would be a, a bad decision. Will Levis would be one of them. Mm-hmm. Not taking Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson at five would be another one if they're both if yeah. they're both there. And again, I mean, I, I, I would love to get a hold of their draft board. Man, how cool would that be? That's oh, a no. hell of an idea for an auction item, by the oh. way. John Schneider, at his next big event that he does for Ben's Fund, should auction off an opportunity to come into their draft room a month and a half before the draft and get a peek at what their draft board looks like. Now, you have to sign a waiver, all this stuff that you won't tell anybody. You won't tell Softy. You won't tell Dick. You won't tell Jackson. Whatever, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But how much would some rich guy pay for the right to know what John Schneider's thinking six weeks before the draft? Hello? It's a hell oh, of an idea. God. So I don't know who they like. Do they like the kid from Iowa, the kid from Texas Tech, the kid from Alabama, whatever? I'm I'm with you, all right? In in general terms, I think you trade down. Uh especially if there's somebody in love with the kid from Kentucky, the quarterback, Will Levis. But there's also a really good shot if those guys go in the top 4 and there's two teams that move up in the top 4, maybe there's a team that trades with Arizona and a team that trades with Chicago. They're moving up to grab a quarterback. Yep. And those quarterbacks are off the board. All of a sudden, your options are now limited because your pick is not as attractive because those quarterbacks that somebody wanted to trade up and get are now gone. My perfect scenario for the Seahawks is to trade with the Carolina Panthers, have the Carolina Panthers draft Anthony Richardson, start him right away, or start or bench him and start somebody that's no good and have the Panthers go... Three and fourteen next season, and we get their number one next. And season. we yeah. get their top yeah. three or four pick next season, and then we can draft like a, then you're then you're close enough to trade up the one or two easily and get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May or something like that, and get your quarterback. Yeah. Then that yeah. would yeah. that's my ideal scenario. Now the chances of that happening are. Very, very small. You know what the really fun part about that would be? Now we're all rooting against Carolina. That's like right. We're Denver. That's right. The entire season, we're following the Carolina Panthers. And uh, who's their new coach, by the way? Who'd they hire? They hired uh, Frank Reich, right? Is their new coach. Yep. Because people were pissed they didn't hire the other That's guy right. that was That's the interim right. guy. Yep. Uh, so we're sitting here and we're rooting against Carolina the entire freaking year, just like we were rooting against Denver. If they can find a way to get somebody's first-round draft pick in next year's draft. How fun does that make next season? Now we have another target, right? Exactly. We have another team to crap on and make (laughs) fun of and point (laughs) fingers at and ha-ha-ha the entire year. It just changes the whole freaking dynamic. And then if you're the Seahawks, you're in the exact same boat. You make the playoffs again mm-hmm. in 2023, and, get and you get another top five pick <laughs> in next year's draft, right? And you're picking number nine, and you're picking number 20, and you have your second round picks, and you have all that capital, and you're paying your quarterback nothing, and it's all about the way Geno plays. It just keeps getting yeah. better. Everything keeps getting better. It's like all of a sudden Hanukkah is not eight days, it's yeah. 30 days. It's stupid how well, it's good like this an thing extra is. yeah with the, with the holiday analogy and I thought about this earlier when you said the Geno deal just keeps getting better. It's right. like you know at, at Christmas every once in a while that you 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 finish up all of the presents right mm-hmm. and there's just a ton of crap all over the floor. There's just wrapping paper everywhere and you go to clean up the wrapping paper. And today's report on Geno Smith was that extra little present in the back that you didn't even know about and you were like oh my god I had a great Christmas but. 
Wait, look at here. Here's a present I didn't even know about. And that's the Geno deal for us. We just keep getting little presents the more and more information we know about this contract. Yeah, so uh, for those that missed it, Mike, get a photo. Mikey, you got a photo. I uh, tweeted out today. He joins Puck and Jim every week on their show. Uh, Geno Smith is getting $2 million bumps for each category in which he uh, improves on his 2022 stats. Now, I'd like to know, is it tie or improve? I mean, either way, it's whatever, right? But yep. he's he, he's saying he's got to best it. He's got to improve on it. Yards, touchdowns, completion percentage, passer rating, and wins. If he hits all of them, he gets $5 million total. Each one, he gets $2 bucks. So that's $15 million right there that Geno Smith can get in 2023 if he eclipses everything he did a year ago, if he and look, if he eclipses everything he did a year ago, I would say with a lot of comfort that the Seahawks are in the playoffs yes. next year because their defense is better. Their running game is better. Their offensive line is going to be better. Maybe they are a 10 win team. Maybe they're an 11 win team. And then you start thinking about the rest of the NFC. We just got done last segment talking about this ridiculous crap sandwich of a list of quarterbacks in the NFC. I mean, what's what's keeping the Seahawks from making some kind of a run and maybe knocking on the door? Jackson and I were talking about this off the air. I, I still think the Niners' defense is a problem, of course, right? And if of their quarterback is healthy, they're going to be a problem. Philadelphia is going to be a problem. The Saints will be improved. The Packers will be weakened uh, uh, next year. But this thing, if they can just find a way to get that defense right and spend a bunch of picks on the defensive side of the ball and get these young guys to pop, man, I'm fired up for it. And for those thinking, wow, there's no way they can touch San Francisco and Philadelphia. Remember, last year, 2021, San Francisco and Philadelphia were the six and seven seeds in the NFC. Right. It absolutely can change that quickly. Now, are you a fan? I'm a fan of the efficiency incentive for Mm. Geno Smith. Are you a fan of the passing yards and passing touchdowns incentives because doesn't that piss Gino off if they play Pete ball and run the ball so much that he can't get his yards and his touchdowns? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so what? Yeah, I'm a fan of it because Gino Smith had a year where he was a pro bowler. You're basically asking Gino Smith to be a pro bowler to earn the money. That's not unfair to me. If I'm Gino Smith, I'm like, I'm not signing that. Right? I want more guarantees. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You want me to go out and do what I did a year ago, and you want to pay me for doing what I did a year ago? I, I just did it. And he's one of the lowest-paid veteran quarterbacks in the NFL, That's right. right, as far as starting quarterbacks are. Guys that are making less than him are on their rookie deal. So, yes, I think for the Seahawks, it's an unbelievable contract. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist-pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.